You're about to experience filling the air with words. Version 2.0, honoring Jane Shannon, who co-created this sometimes snarky, sometimes profane, usually entertaining, conversational podcast. I want to thank you for making a reappearance here on Filling the Air with Words. Naomi Plant from Vancouver. Well, not really Vancouver. You're not from Vancouver, not right? From Vancouver. I mean, what would you say you're, where would you say you're from? I'm an Irish human living in Canada. <laughs> and in your area of Ireland is... Uh, could you spell that for us? W-I-C-K-L-O-W. Very nice. And Yeah, I've never been self-conscious having to spell something before. <laughs> I know, it's weird. You're going like, to forget how it's spelled. <laughs> I, I mean, for those of us here in the States who haven't had quite the experience in Ireland that you have, I think, you know, we need things spelled sometimes like yeah. cork would not be one of those things right is this county <laughs> okay, cork is this county cork you're you're from and no i'm nowhere near cork cork is the other end well cork is the other end of the country other coast so wicklow is like on the right and cork is like down towards the left as we're oh. looking at each other which i understand is not useful for people on board so it wicklow is the east coast okay okay so it's like new york Sure, really like New <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I would love to discuss with you, because you have previously informed me that Halloween, mm -hmm. which is coming up very soon, began in Ireland. It's true, true. I, I want to know more. So it's the Festival of Samhain, and it was a pagan, Celtic, like ancient spiritual ritual. And pumpkins aren't native to Ireland. So when people carve those scary little faces, it used to be done with turnips, because turnips are in Ireland and readily available and more terrifying than a pumpkin because they've got those little white faces and they're very small. <laughs> they look very distressing when you see old photos of like carved <laughs> Turnips, but then it evolves. I don't know if it's because a lot of Irish people emigrated, obviously, to the States during the famine and then maybe brought traditions with them. And then it evolved into the pumpkin. But yeah, it used to be done with a turnip. That is a frightening <laughs> visual. They, they, actually, they actually are terrifying. If you look at the older, if you look it up online, the older turnip images are very distressing. <laughs> so do people over there still carve turnips for Halloween? I don't think so, no. In Ireland, people do the same thing, like they carve pumpkins. Well, if pumpkins aren't native to Ireland, right? So what? Uh, neither are avocados, but we're not short on those. <laughs> 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 but are they shipped Global in? supply chains have helped. <laughs> so they're shipped in from somewhere. I, like, and I assume they probably have pumpkin farms now as well, just like everywhere else, you know? Yeah. 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 Biodiversity has changed. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's so that's so interesting. So you personally, Naomi Plant, your uh, Halloween celebration is muted. Fantastic. Please give our listener a sense of what happens. I, I love Halloween. Um, it's always been big in my family. So before it became extremely kind of commercialized and obviously everybody has access to buy decorations now and all of that kind of thing. But back when I was younger in the 80s, that wouldn't have been as readily available. And my granny fashioned her own DIY, DIY, DIY 
uh, witch on her front porch and it started uh-huh. then and she'd have like the mask and a black cape and she got like a music box thing to go into the side of it so we always had Halloween parties as kids with fireworks even though those weren't strictly legal my dad would source them anyway for our parties <laughs> and just it always took myself and my sister have always loved Halloween so I started my Halloween celebrations yesterday really night of living drag at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre in Vancouver uh, the RuPaul run one so lots of fabulous queens night of living drag their idea was seven souls were captured and it'll probably continue on yeah I love whoa it. seven souls what, what is that <laughs> so the drag the drag queen who was hosting um oh my god i can't think of her name oh chachi uh sorry uh, chachi yeah i have to double check her name I'm, i think it's victoria chachi oh, she was right. absolutely amazing uh let me see if that's actually her name. I should hum a, a mysterious yeah. Halloween in, in, song. Yeah, here comes Halloween. Right. Wow. So you know Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Violet Chachki. Violet Chachki. Sorry. Violet Sorry, Chachki. Ooh, we could probably Violet. Violet, yeah. No, she was she was incredible. And she was hosting the evening, and she's supposed to be, you know, the, the mistress of the dark. And all of the other performers who came in after were the souls she was gonna collect, and they all had a Halloween-themed performance. It was a lot of fun. And did you dress up for this occasion? You know what? I am so disappointed that when I saw a handful of people arriving in costume, I was like, oh my god, it's Mardi Gras all over again. I went to Mardi Gras without a con- without a costume, didn't realize that was a thing. Ooh. When you got there, I was very disappointed. I will know better next time when I go next time. <laughs> so Derek and I got there and he was just like, oh my God, it's going to be Mardi Gras all over again. We're the only idiots in costume. <laughs> there was only a handful of people. It was one lady dressed as Ursula. She looked amazing. But I did dress up for the occasion. I wore a black and white dress and my black dress has all just different naked ladies on it, which I felt was very in keeping wow. with pagan traditions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a fancy coat and heels. I don't do that for anybody. I'll do, I'll do that for the queens. But uh, <laughs> I put on some heels and a dress and Derek put on like a shirt. It was a good time. And so what did you learn when you were at this event? Mm-hmm. Other than the seven souls thing. <laughs> um. I learned when you go back to somewhere you used to work and people call your name, so you'll have an immediate trigger reaction, which is not related to this. But anyway, somebody called my name and I used to work at that theater. It's like, oh God. Um, it was just a lot of fun. I, I was reminded that how great drag is and how they perform so hard and how it costs so much money to put together that production. And it was just like, yes, yeah, seven different people's interpretations of what Halloween meant to them. It was cool. It was really, really cool. Well, let's hear your interpretation, even though you're not dressed in drag. And actually, <laughs> if you were dressed in drag, would that mean you would be a man? I don't even know. I, I no, mean, I think RuPaul has a really great quote that we're all born naked and the rest is drag, which I think is an amazing idea because everybody has a certain persona that's theirs and then another one they present to the world. And I just think drag queens do it amazingly. And um, Halloween is, I just always mark Halloween. Like last year, obviously with the c word there weren't a lot of things happening so i did like my own halloween thing here there was a full moon i lit candles outside i brought my crystals outside to be recharged by the full moon and i had my i read my own tarot so it was very (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah quite quite a witchy experience and i took i took the photo and i was i was chuffed i had uh had things I really, you know, care about. I think I brought out some of my mom's ashes. I made myself a spicy margarita. I uh, sat out on my my deck and Derek's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm just doing like a little Halloween thing here for myself because we can't celebrate it this year anywhere else. So we always mark it. Same with my sisters traveled for different Halloween events. Um, 
there's a really big uh, theater and arts company in Ireland. Um, and they do something every year. So they have huge puppets. They have a big kind of parade. Uh, they go to different places. And I think they were in County Derry last year. And my sister went up for that. And she said it was incredible. And they have an outdoor orchestra uh, performing for Halloween. So it's, yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal in Ireland. I love how you said puppets. You <laughs> like how I said puppets? Puppets. I say, do I say puppets differently too? I would say puppets. Puppets? Yeah, puppets. Puppets. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I still don't hear it. It's funny. People say it and I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. Do your valley girl uh, using the word puppet. Puppets like really freak me out. They're so like still and the strings, like what are they about? What's their motivation, you know? <laughs> you just nailed it. Puppet, not puppet. A puppet sounds puppet. to me like it. there's, there'd be some, you know, some bad smelling stuff. <laughs> oh, you think like poop? Yeah, a poop, a puppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this year is going to be exciting. I mean, you've already had one outing. What do you do next do you trick or treat do you have a costume what's gonna happen <laughs> trick or treat. i don't trick or treat but what's really sweet in vancouver is there is a kind of a business and restaurant district in yale town and all of the shops have candy and kids which is really nice because if you don't live in the suburbs if you live in a, like an apartment complex or whatever if you're like a city kid they can't, I, I doubt they go knocking floor to floor for candy. Maybe they do, but you see it all the time in Yaletown, loads of like little humans with their guardians and they go around shop to shop and the shops actually have candy and somebody like dedicated to going outside and telling them they look really scary or they look great and giving them candy. So I normally head down to Yaletown to see a little bit of that because that's quite fun. There's also a children's train that goes through Stanley Park. And I, I do that anyway, even though I don't have a child. <laughs> <laughs> we wed ourselves into tiny, tiny little seats that go through a little trail in uh, in Stanley Park and have like a Halloween theme. So I'll probably do that. The Van Dusen Gardens have a pumpkin carving display with all lights and very elaborate um, yeah, displays. I, wow. I, normally, I normally do that as well. Uh, a friend is having a Halloween party, so but I also have tickets to a Halloween drag brunch in a brewery beforehand, so I don't know if I'll be able to do both. So it's like, yeah, it's a full on, it's a full on thing. That is serious. So will you be dressed up for these events? I think I'm gonna have to have a costume for at least one of them for sure. Yeah, I the year so the year that I met you, we went to LA specifically for the Halloween parade. They have a really big Halloween parade in LA, and it's it was kind of like Mardi Gras, but spooky. And I said that people's costumes were unbelievable. Like I talking in the washroom line to a lady who was dressed as Marie Antoinette, like a full on huge white wig and a powdered face. It's very elaborate dress. It must've cost so much money. It was amazing. And that's kind of the level that people took it to. It was if, it was if they worked in film, like their, the costumes were incredible. And we went through a haunted house at Universal. I was never so scared in my life because obviously the production value there where they make all of the movies. So there was like animatronics crawling towards you. I nearly broke my friend who was with me's hand because I was so afraid going through these houses. <laughs> and we went to the parade and I, my friend dressed up as Frida Kahlo and I dressed up as a dead banana from her pet monkey because Frida Kahlo famously had a dead, or didn't have a dead monkey, had a monkey. I couldn't find a little monkey cushion. So I just went as a zombie banana and had like written blood on my back, Frida's banana. I love Halloween. <laughs> is it your favorite holiday? Would you say? Probably is actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably is. I've already started watching the movies. When Dad was here, we watched. Um, I only like 
<laughs> the non-scary ones like Hocus Pocus, Practical Magic. I'm not going to be up here watching Saw or anything like that. Yeah. So myself and dad watched Eddie Murphy's uh, Haunted Mansion. Uh, <laughs> we were watching it, so... So you're not a slasher film kind of person? No, no. I get too uh, anxious about that kind of thing. I didn't realize that until I did The Haunted House in LA and the people who were taking part were just phenomenal at what they did. And they have a theme. So last year, because Stranger Things is obviously a huge TV show, they had it like that. And they had the tentacles coming down and things grabbing you. And uh, Us was there as well. And it was, as I said, very very big production you walk in and somebody's taking a body apart and they're pulling out what looks like real organs you went through the zombie one and the zombies are feral and like crawling towards you and it was yeah I went through every single one I was very proud of myself the only one I tapped out was this one with clowns and I was like no 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 I've read too much about uh Gacy and I've seen too many oh jeez oh. I, I can't cope with that oh. and they actually said that one wasn't as scary there was a really good Ghostbuster one where Slimer as a hologram comes towards you and goes through you. And that was very fun. I wasn't afraid of that one, but the other ones, I nearly broke my friend's hand. So did you have nightmares after <laughs> any of these experiences? No, I didn't. Um, and I just don't watch, like I'd watch a thriller, but I don't watch really slash kind of like scream and things like that. Things that are kind of camp kind of horror or a little shop of horrors, those kind of ones, but ones that are just like, sadistic weird kind of things I'm just not into it I've, I, I read too many books about serial killers before that was a cool thing to do and now it's socially acceptable and everyone's watching it and listening to it on podcasts <laughs> like there was always a lot of those kind of books in my house as a kid and I've always been interested in that and I think I just read one too many of those things and I'm like no I can't I can't watch it <laughs> wow you have a real dark side I didn't know this yeah. about you yeah there you go serial killer you've read books about serial killers yeah, that's pretty common now. There's like Netflix is all serial killers. All the podcasts are a lot of serial killers. I know. It wasn't what, as commonplace like, because I, I remember being teased like a little bit in school if people came back or in work and I had a book and I'd be going into the office and they're like, if anybody ever dies, it was definitely Naomi because she knows so much from reading these books. <laughs> God. All right. What is the fascination with serial killers? I mean, we're in a Halloween mode here. So I want to know like, as a consumer of serial killer information why i don't know but everybody seems to be just fascinated by it like it's this whole culture now like the amount of serial killer shows that are on netflix and things and there's so many podcasts and there's actually a really cool fun new one murders in the building with um, Martin Short and Steve Martin, who are just phenomenal. I love both of them and Selena Gomez. And it's about that. And it's kind of around that culture of people have like become real fans. But I think it's probably always been a thing. If you think about those really big American serial killers who were imprisoned, they all had like pen pals from people all over the world. Like, which is just really quite strange. If you think about it, they're like, oh, they just need some love. And you're like, mm, okay, I don't think that's <laughs> that is. Yeah. I think you're, this is more about your needs than theirs and you're not aware of it. Yeah. But I don't know, dad just had them in the house. There was a, this lady. Wait, your dad had serial killers in the house? Is yeah, it? just like festooned <laughs> all over the place. Now, <laughs> dad had loads of books by this author, um, Anne Rule. She has since died. Uh, she was a uh, police detective in the US. And I think towards her retirement, she decided she was going to start writing about it. And her first book, was the stranger beside me and it just so happens that she knew um Ted Bundy on a social level and then obviously as that transpired it's very strange to be a police 
person <laughs> and know that and then have to grapple with the fact that like seeing who he really was like I think they volunteered together at like a crisis center of some kind hmm. and I, re- I read that book when I was a kid and now it's massive there's been two shows about it and lots of other books but the first thing I read was that one um, about Anne Rule and I just I was hooked I just kept on reading Anne Rule books I just thought they were fascinating I don't know what it is so I watched it I read a graphic novel about Jeffrey Dahmer recently as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's not that I like, I want to read all the upsetting, obviously extremely distressing things. It's just, there's just something very interesting about it and hearing him talk about himself and how, like the psychology of people like that. Obviously, if you're a psychopath, there's just certain parts of your brain work very differently to somebody who's neurotypical. And like same way the ice, the ice man, the ice truck killer, the ice man, killer he was a contracted killer it's really really it's honestly it's an amazing book and he ended up being interviewed on hbo i think one of those older kind of original kind of documentaries and they were interviewing him in prison and he had he had no capacity for empathy it was very factual it's real like i am eating toast i killed that woman like this it was my job they contracted me to kill her like he was he was very good at what he did the mafia loved his work um and he just approached it like that and i think it's it's fascinating to look at people be so removed I mean like a crow flew into my windshield and I was driving home in Ireland and I had to pull in because the sound of its skull hitting off the dash made me upset and Derek had to drive <laughs> so I can't imagine like I, and it wasn't my fault the crow flew into me <laughs> right I had to pull I had to pull in because I was so distressed from the noise and just I felt so terrible this poor bird had like met its end and I was like I can't even imagine you know, thinking about stalking somebody, doing something to them, taking taking a life. Like I'm the kind of person who'll pick up a spider and put it outside. I won't, I won't squish it, you know? So yeah. I think yeah. it's just, I think the psychology behind these stories are very, very interesting. And I think uh, people's capacity for strangeness and evil is also, even though it's absolutely terrifying, is intense and just, yeah, again, that kind of just like, wow, we humans are capable of brilliant things. We're also capable of absolutely terrible things. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just a little weirdo, I guess. <laughs> you've, you've left me uh, speechless, which as you know, is pretty, pretty unusual. How about we talk about candies <laughs> that you like? What about candies? candies? Do you have a favorite can- Halloween candy that you like? It's not specifically for Halloween. I just like I just like chocolate, you know. I just well, like, I'm not into, like boiled sweets or candies or anything like that. Like I can't we can't have too much chocolate in the house because I'm like a Labrador. I won't know when to stop. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do think certain I wouldn't be crazy about like a lot of the domestic like the chocolate here, the food rules are different. So it's not as, in my opinion, not as good as in Ireland or in England or in other parts of the world so I really like Lindor and Lindor are kind of like universally good or if I get chocolate that's from home I will go to a specialty store where they've imported it from from Ireland. So give me a a comparison between like a Hershey bar and the chocolate that you like. It sounds like Hershey bar is something that never ends up in your shopping basket. Never. Tastes like powdered milk. Just tastes very like synthetic doesn't taste like cocoa there's no richness there's no creaminess all of those things that I would come to expect from like Irish chocolate and look it's all it's not even real chocolate like obviously pure chocolate is like cacao and it's like 90% and really bitter and it's designed so that you only have one little bite as opposed to like regular chocolate that's been made for all of us with half fat and half cream and you guzzle 10 of them and don't even think about it <laughs> <laughs> 
I never do that, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just very, it has a very synthetic taste to me. It just tastes fake and like corn syrup and all of those kind of things that they put in here is not, it's not legal in Ireland as part of the food rules. Um, yeah, but I've been eating all sorts of things obviously over here in the five years that I'm living here, but I definitely do think you can, you can taste the difference. So if you go here or in, you know, America, North America, go to the supermarket and you buy like a sliced pan, a loaf of bread, like Wonder Bread, whatever it is that people buy. If you look at the ingredients, there's sugar in nearly all of those breads. And Subway obviously have chains all over the world and they were later coming to Ireland. They were in other places. And there was a case recently in Ireland where they have to change how they market their bread or else they have to change how it's made because they were saying there's so much sugar in their bread rolls it's the equivalent of people eating cake but they're having those sandwiches every day for lunch thinking they're being healthy but they're not being healthy so like the food rules are a lot stricter in ireland than here and in other places which i'm grateful for but then you can yeah you taste it in the particularly it's funny they said particularly in reese's i think it just tastes like really powdery <laughs> reese's peanut butter cups yeah no not a fan i'm gonna throw out some candies that i really like M&M's. Yeah, M&M's aren't bad, yeah. Plain or peanut? Mm, I think I like plain. Okay, okay. Mounds bar. I don't know what that is. What? <laughs> what? Come on, <laughs> come is. on. It's chocolate and coconut. Oh, like a bounty. Okay. I don't know a bounty. I don't know what they, that is. They call them bounties in Ireland. So it's like uh, really like a bar, like a Snickers almost, but there's like coconut in the middle and then just chocolate encased. Yeah. 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 Okay. So they're they're bounties in Ireland. Okay. You should maybe try mounds then. I'll try them. Try if them. Powdery. We're gonna have an issue. <laughs> how about how about almond joy? Never had an almond joy. I've heard of it, but I've never had one. Okay. So an almond joy is basically a mounds with almonds. Okay. All almonds. right. Almond. What? How would you say that word? I'm almond. Just... <laughs> what? Yeah, it's not very refined. Like almond sounds better, but it's not almond. I say almond. <laughs> almond. Almond. Is the L not silent? Like almond? Almond. It's not aw. Like it's not A-A-W. It's no. A, almond. Irish people say A's differently. It's okay. Well, apparently. Yeah, apparently that's true. <laughs> what about a Milky Way? Oh, I like a Milky Way. That's a, you know, very famous processed American candy bar. Isn't that very Nestle? Or Nestle not British? Uh, I don't know. You know, all I think there's there's so many different candy companies like Mars and Nestle and Hershey. I don't know. Yeah, because Nestle have an accent on the end on their E. So I have a funny feeling that they're not. Uh, they're Swiss. <laughs> there you go. That's why their chocolate is good. Wow. OK. Yeah, it, has the, it has the accent on the E. So that's how you know. It's they're Swiss. Swiss, thought, yeah. Swiss oh. chocolatiers. Oh boy. So that's good. Swiss chocolate is good. Irish oh, chocolate yeah, like is Toblerone good. Or Lindor. Do you like a Toblerone? Toblerone is again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, what about Cadbury? Cad yeah. Cadbury's is British, but they would, yeah, that's what Irish people would have grown up with. Yeah. Okay. So you had a Cadbury bar. But it has to be specifically from the UK or Ireland. I won't buy like, cause they have Cadbury here and it's, it's made here just with a Cadbury label, but it has the same like rules as here so the cocoa uh -huh. content is crap and it's not as tasty i don't know how long we've been talking but we've covered halloween costumes <laughs> drag queens slashers serial killers and now we're on to chocolate anything else about halloween that you think is important for our yeah. listeners to know it's important for halloween 
what it originally signified was the end of the harvest and then you'd like get it all and you celebrate the change in the season so I kind of like that idea like honoring the changes of the season not holding on to anything from before and just welcoming in the winter and that kind of vibe I, I enjoy that you know I think that's important welcome different changes and accept them as they pass and do it with some nice spooky films and uh, magical libations and then some you know spooky good time if you can what's your halloween libation of choice oh i had a sidecar for the first time last night and i quite liked it what's that i don't even know sidecar so it was there was no sugar in it which is I, I a big fan of sugar but not in my booze i like to be able to taste the alcohol so i think it's lemon and i think it's a bourbon i have to look it up whoa sidecar well you know because i like bourbon um as I think we've discussed before, and a sidecar, if it has bourbon. Oh, I'm telling a lie. It's uh, cognac. Cognac? Yeah, so my one was actually made with a brandy, a brandy and bitters and lemon juice. Mm. Everybody makes it a little bit differently because some people put triple sec into it, but what I liked about it, there was no simple syrup or no added sugar because I find for my palate cocktails here are a little bit like sugar forward as opposed to alcohol or smoke flavor forward. So, but they were pretty good. I had a sidecar and it was in a lovely, fancy crystal coupe. And I liked the glass so much. I Googled where it was from and I got an order to. So I like them. It had a special, what did you say? A special coupe? Like, I mean, yeah, like, a like, a like a car? Like a champagne coupe. A coupe. I was thinking coupe like a Maybe car. Maybe a coupe. I don't know how it's pronounced, but like, coupe. I was, so like, you know, the way um, Leonardo DiCaprio in The Great Gatsby and that famous, like, <laughs> image he's holding something like that like that one is allegedly like the rumor goes it's it's modeled after Marie Antoinette and certain parts of her body and then there's other ones this but this one had like a chunky crystal stem and it had like little designs in it and then like little etchings on the base of the glass and like the glass that it comes in I take very seriously like I don't like a cocktail in a slim gym you know those tall thin glasses yeah I don't I don't like them but my mom would have always asked for her drink in a Slim Jim. And in Belgium, each beer has a different glass that goes with it. And can imagine how many beers there are in Belgium you need to learn which glass goes with which. So I appreciate places that let you know what the glass is like, you know. I have learned so much from you over the years in terms There's of... There's so much that you don't need to know. <laughs> I know, but that's fascinating, really, when you think about the not only the cultural differences between the U.S. and Ireland, mm -hmm. but it seems, just from talking with you, and as we've stated, I think, before, you're really the only Irish person I know. Um, there's more richness in everything that you do you know, like specific glasses, like the way the sugar tastes. If it's, you know what I, I'm really not explaining this at all very well. I think you know what you mean. There's just like, there's a, there's a depth to different people in different cultures that other cultures wouldn't even be aware of unless you're exposed to it. Like I'm sure every culture is something particular for celebrations that they do that we wouldn't be aware of or you wouldn't be exposed to unless you know somebody from that culture. You know, yeah, yeah. and I don't know if everybody feels strongly about glasses, <laughs> right? But I really right. appreciate it. Like I was in a, I was in a bar um, in Banff, the Radiant, their kind of supper club thing, and they have an image of what the like, just a little kind of graphic of what the glass looks like with your cocktail, and they have it broken out into two, so like sweet and floral, or smoky, and then strong, and like a picture of the glass. And I would, there'd be certain drinks I would avoid because I don't like the glass, so. Obviously, it's enough people that they feel like it's necessary to do that. I'm not the only person out there like that. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, at least with the people I hang out with, a whiskey glass is a whiskey glass. A beer mug is a beer mug. And there's no like, I think about the glasses that we have here and it's, they're kind of all the same. Okay. You know? So if you have time, I'm going to quickly grab a whiskey tumbler from my bar cart. And like, you know, the way whiskey has to be a heavy glass that you hold and you can like feel weight. And if you get one of those little tiny water glasses to have your whiskey, it just wouldn't be as enjoyable. No. All right. Uh, well, I want to see this. Okay. Is this an Irish whiskey glass that I'm about to see or no? Irish glass. It's in the dishwasher because we, oh no, where are they there? It's dirty, but whatever. Okay. In the dishwasher. So oh. like, you like to be able to feel it, the weight of it in your hand when you pick it up. And like, if I'm going to have a French 75, I'll have it from like a tall stem kind of like champagne flute, not a coupe. I don't have any coupes. That's why I'm buying some. All right. So that looked like <laughs> it was... very first world and dickheady, but whatever. <laughs> That These looks... are not actual things people need to think about, but hey. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, we don't really have visuals to go with this. But, you know, tell me this. Is that a Waterford whiskey glass? No, it's not. It's not Waterford Crystal. I don't know where we got this one. Isn't that Irish, Waterford? Waterford Crystal is Irish, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it looks very fancy. I would yeah, get it's a... Nice it's good weight in it. You can hear it like... I've never even thought about the weight of a whiskey glass when i drink whiskey it's like it goes so fast that i don't really study you know what i mean it's like yeah. okay a shot here i mean shot glasses what do you think of those i don't have any shot glasses in the house i'm not a big shot drinker okay okay well that's fair enough holy cow naomi this has been <laughs> this has been amazing I, i'm gonna wrap this up because i think you know we're gonna have a lot of kind of scared confused people out there traumatized i know in the in the whole serial killer thing i don't even know what to say about that but i'll still keep talking to you if you'll still keep talking to me mm -hmm. okay good well thank you so much pleasure you've been listening to filling the air with words version 2.0 find us on facebook soundcloud and twitter dedicated to the life and memory of our friend jane shannon 